Whitney. Hi, Carly. <laughs> Everything's going to start with me laughing. Yes, that's perfect. That's your thing. That's your thing. Awkward you know? laughter. So uh, we popped our podcast cherry today Ooh. with a beautiful redhead uh, that we both had the opportunity to work with for a while. Um, our friend Kim. Timothy. Timothy. Sarsaparilla. <laughs> um, that will all come to light during, yeah. um, if you listen. If you decide to get past the intro and listen, you'll understand the Timothy and the Sarsaparilla. You'll be privy to the inside jokes. Um, yeah, so uh, Mean Girls Unite. That's yeah. what we, we were. Three quarters. Three quarters of the Mean Girls Unite. That's what we were at the zoo. Not because we were mean to people at all. And not because Whitney was judgmental, and we definitely didn't have mean girl names. Right, Brittany? Excuse me, Callie. Oh, whatever, yo. Um, Do people say yo still? No, no. you're so old. Holy shit. What up, y'all? <laughs> yo, 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 yo. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's hit it back. Um, you're not listening. In, they're not listening. Anymore. No, they're, they're gone. Not, they're gone. They left. Knox isn't even listening. <laughs> so, yeah, so we, we chatted with Kim, and how, how do you think it went? I mean... You can be the judge of that. Don't judge us. <laughs> so yeah, we she uh, talked a little bit about you know life as a zookeeper, her college experience, and uh, we hope you guys like it. And just as a disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions of both our both Whitney and I <laughs> and our guests do us not too. us too. These let's try this again. Them. <laughs> Um, and always, the thoughts of myself, Whitney, and our guests do not reflect the organizations we have worked for or that are currently we are working for. See. Done. <laughs> All right, now that we got that out of the way, um, I hope you enjoy our interview with our friend Kim. Yay! Yay! Hey, Kim. Hi, guys. Hi. Welcome to our podcast. You're going to say hi, Whitney? Me. Are you just going to laugh? just gonna laugh <laughs> great good start already so yeah, we're yeah. Doing great. <laughs> kim thank you so much for being our first victim um that we get to interview for our podcast humans in their natural habitat kim yes ma'am we have another guest we have another guest <laughs> joining us joining and us he's adorable. yes Knox. Knox. Uh, oh the pity bull would like to ask you some questions too. we're we're having Excuse a seat we're in this yeah we're in this perfect in every way all right so you are currently a zookeeper yes ma'am right and you know i'm sure you get this just as much as we get this that our job is fun and how do you become uh -huh. a zookeeper and uh -huh. so we're going to talk about what it's really like um to really be a zookeeper so when did you first get that inkling that yeah this is what i want to do in life we our like shitty jobs you know are we cussing yes yes okay um so we all did our shitty jobs and i did fast food and retail and um almost had to go into anger management therapy because of it because mm -hmm. i literally was going insane in retail and then um was very lucky to get a vet assistant job and I absolutely loved it because I've always been passionate about animals. And when I was working at the vet assistant job, it was fantastic, but it, something wasn't right and I couldn't put my finger on it. And I just didn't really know what it 
was that exactly that I wanted. But then I came home from work one day, and <laughs> Knox is being adorable. Yeah, sorry. That's a very, part, very integral part of the story. But I came home from work one day, and my mom had read in Parade magazine. I don't even know if people read, like, magazine. the newspaper anymore. I think yeah, Parade died in the yeah. 90s, but... Yeah. So, so yeah, so she was reading Parade magazine, and there was an, a book review about Kicked, Bitten, and Scratched, which was written about Moore Park College. And she came, I came home from work, and she told me about it. We went online, looked it up. And I immediately said to her, this is it. That is what I'm meant to do. I'm going to go to this school. And the rest is history. Awesome. Here I am. I'm a zookeeper. So you mentioned that I, you saw the article about Moore Park with your mom. Can you tell us a little bit about what Moore Park is? I know they have a really interesting system for even getting in. Yeah. Okay, so Moore Park in a nutshell is you basically go to school on a zoo, but it's on a college campus in Moore Park, California. And all of your classes are geared around animals in some manner, whether it be nutrition, medical stuff, um, husbandry, learning husbandry, training. So all the diversity, that's another class that we took. And you get an associate's degree when you're done with the program. It's 18 months long. You're there every single day because there are a slew of animals. There are birds, mammals, reptiles, mammals, or carnivores, primates, host dogs. You name it, they pretty much have it. Um, so you go to school there and basically learn zookeeping, the fast track, the fast course to it. Um, and the selection process is difficult because they basically have to send in like a resume. You have to send in a whole answer, a ton of questions. And then if you've passed that then they will send you an invitation for an applicant's information meeting, which you have to attend in order to be considered um, for the selection process for attending the school. And then once you attend that meeting, then it's a lottery system. It used to be an interview process, but apparently enough people complained that they now do just a lottery system. Yeah, why should you get in based on your merit when you can get in based on luck? <laughs> That's know, how it always right? should be. <laughs> So, you just gotta, gotta wink a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, I would never get in that way. My my luck has never been on my side. <laughs> One of our friends used to say the, the back of the zoo kind of face. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I had a friend that told me when they were going to a UC school, they had a friend that dropped out in their last semester at like UC Davis because they got into Moore Park on the lottery. So they just didn't finish their bachelor's oh, wow. degree. Oh, uh, so when do you finally get hands-on experience with the animals? Like, is it your first day? Is it your first year? Do you have to wait for year two? So you have to do a lot. You have to do all oh. the bitch work your first Mess. year. Um, you do go on a couple of field trips in your second year. So during your first year, when the second years are on field trips, then you get to help take care of the animals while they're gone but the second they get back they let you know that those animals are not your animals to be working with and they uh boot you out real quick and don't let you do oh no um sorry i got a baby smiling at me don't let you take care of the animals anymore so really i mean you don't get training projects and you don't really 
get hands-on experience. You don't get your hands-on experience at Worm Park with the animals until your second year, basically, because um, then you've taken all your done all your bitch work. Okay, so bitch work first, and then you get to experience yep. some hands-on animal husbandry. So literally, exactly yep. like working in an actual zoo. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, it's the fast track. It, what I always like to say about Moore Parkers, which a lot of them with big heads coming out of there forget, is at Moore Park, you learn a little bit about a lot, but not a lot about a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, like, you're, like, the jack of all trades, but master of none when you when you come out of Moore Park. Because mm-hmm. you're learning a ton of different things, but you're not, like, mastering any of it. Because you're only there for 18 months, like... I mean, everybody knows in this field, 18 months is nothing. It ain't nothing. Yes, absolutely. So, do you remember the first animal you did get hands-on experience with while you were there? When the second years left for one of their field trips, the first group of animals that I got to babysit were parrots. And then my first animal assignments, we got, you get assigned four animals your first semester and in, in your second year. And I got assigned the mountain lion, the turkey vulture, the dromedary camel, and the white-cheeked gibbon. Wow, that's a that's a wide range of, of animals. Yep. When you're there, in order to complete the program, you have to train at least one bird, one primate, one carnivore, and one herbivore. Oh, wow. And... Did you have something, were you like, oh shit, this is not for me anymore? Or was this like, yes, I'm on the right track? Um, No, the whole, I loved every moment of it. Like, I absolutely loved it. If I could, I would work there, but I don't want to live in California, so. (laughs) (laughs) Did the camel scare you? Camels kind of freaked me out. Um, he was strong and a giant baby. Uh Uh, One time got scared of a new fence panel that was put in and swung me into the fence. See? So I was never scared of him, but I had a healthy respect for him, for sure. I think the kicking to the side freaks me out. <laughs> the kicking? Yeah, the, the, yeah. Pooping, yeah. the craziness that they do, yeah. Do they have square pupils like goats? Oh my gosh, I can't remember. It's been, so it's been over 10 years since I saw his pupils. Did, I can't you, remember. We're going to Google that one. Were you ever spit on? No. Okay. Luckily, no. That's but I tried to give him a kiss one time to put my whole head in his mouth. <gasps> no! <laughs> You're not helping her fear of camels. No! I just learned this uh, fear of camels that she had, and I will be using it against her. Okay. I... That's good. Yeah, I yeah. didn't realize that. No. I never liked no, he was, he was actually a lot of fun. Yeah. I still trained him. Oh, wow. While you were there, did you... Um, did you have an animal that you were like, wow, this is this is the one I want to work with. This is the coolest animal ever. Yes. <laughs> we all know the answer. <laughs> we, I was just saying, yeah, you guys already know the answer. Is it, huh? is it Paris? So actually, no. two of them. The mountain lion mm-hmm. was like the one that I saw on the website when my mom and I were checking it out that one day. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to go mm-hmm. work with the mountain lion because they took the mountain lion out and walked him around the zoo, oh. which is awesome so he was one of the ones that i just absolutely had to work with and then the turkey vulture he was like my game changer career changer um before i went in there i wanted to work with the bald eagle because it's badass to work Mm -hmm. with an eagle right 
And then the very first time I saw the turkey vulture, they, his trainers brought him out on stage and he opened up his wings and they were beautiful and glorious and his bald head was the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And that was it. I decided at that time that I needed to work with the turkey vulture. So, okay. Hold on one so second. My boob is spraying everywhere. Okay. I'm Hold not on. editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> my boob is also spraying everywhere. Because <laughs> my child won't focus. Oh, my dear. Yeah. Do you prefer the left or the right breast? <laughs> <laughs> he prefers the left. Oh, he goes left. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I wonder if that means he'll be left-handed. No, I don't think so. Our guest is exposing herself. It's a good angle. <laughs> it's an up angle. It is a special kind of show tonight, guys. Definitely understand why he prefers the left. <laughs> okay. All right, she's back. There we go. All All right. Right. Shirt on now. Yay. Baby's fed, you are now clothed, and we can continue. All right, so yeah. you, you fell in love with the turkey vulture, which is very understandable. Uh, were there any animals that you kind of were apprehensive about? Do you have any animal fears uh, that you'd want to share? Um, I, was, I was a little intimidated by the gibbet because primates are just like a whole other ball game. They're so smart like that amount of smartness so yeah just just primates are just so smart you know and i am a very flamboyant personality most of the time so when you have to remember that primate etiquette and the fact that they don't like when you get excited around them yeah i i agree with the primate thing that is one animal that i don't think i'd be no. so thrilled to work with Mainly because how do you enrich an animal that you deem smarter than yourself? So, yeah, challenge one. exactly. And he's, it was a really cool experience, but she just was intimidating, you know? She was definitely something to be respected, that's for sure. <laughs> what, what is primate etiquette, if you don't mind sharing? We were trained at school. One of the teachers there was really, really good with primates, and she taught all of us. Don't smile at them with your teeth. That is actually a threat mm -hmm. to primates. Um, when they when they flash their teeth, that can be literally like telling them game on. Let's let's uh, beat each other up right now. Okay. Um, obviously, don't come in balls of blazing. You know, you just want to have more of a calm demeanor around them because if you're really amped up, they're gonna read off that energy and obviously not gonna react in the best manner um you don't ever want to take things from them um because that's considered rude in primate etiquette and people etiquette too lines, actually, really interesting we were not allowed to hand each other things when we were working with the primates like if you were like hey will you hand me that shovel you can't like hand the shovel over because then the primate that you were training might learn that that person just took something from my trainer so i'm going to try to take things from that bitch from now on too so wow oh. yeah that's something i didn't even think about oh my god yeah <laughs> you normally wouldn't think about with most of your animals that you're training and another really interesting one was males and females working with primates so we actually had a guy who was a trainer on the given with us and we were not allowed to be around when he was around because otherwise he would basically take us as 
the other females in her troop trying to take over the only male in the troop. Oh, wow. so that's her man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was her man. That was her man, and we were not allowed to be around. We have a coworker like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ha- hats off to primate keepers because, yeah, that it's is a whole nother ball game in 100%, my opinion. One hundred percent, especially yeah. the great ape keepers. Holy oh my crap. goodness. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Sorry. No, no bonobos. No chimps for me. Uh, no. You know, I mean, part of the reason you become a zookeeper is to work with animals, and they're no, just too um, much like working with other people. That yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want to work with something smarter than me. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't even know to begin to enrich an animal like that. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if Knox is guarding your house or begging the people outside to take him with them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, are there any animals that you would definitely not want to work with that you are terrified of? Chimpanzees, for sure. Yeah. Maybe other great apes I might, like, be able to ease into, like, with a lot of training, you know, but chimps, 100%, no. And tarantulas, definitely not. You're, you're evil, you're an evil human being. Uh, that was a very leading question on her part. I just, okay, but in my defense, you know, most people think, oh, she's a zookeeper, she fears nothing, she likes all animals, there's nothing she that not she or he is afraid of, and that, that's not true. There are keepers with nope. some... Definite phobias. I've known keepers that are terrified of ferrets. I've known keepers that are terrified of frogs. So it's a valid question. No, it it is. It's a very good question. I actually have severe arachnophobia. Like I, if I see spiders, I have nightmares about them and wake up screaming. And my husband has to check the bed to make sure there aren't spiders in the bed. Yeah, that's how arachnophobic I am. No, it's like legitimate. Because remember that one time I like pushed you because there was a spider. It was like, don't look, Kim. Don't look. Just go. But, just go. Just go. <laughs> but here's the thing that makes you badass anyway. You work with tarantulas, right? Yeah, we have them. Yeah. But I don't work with them. <laughs> but you, you, you're you, around them and you've had to use them before. You've walked past them. You've walked past them. <laughs> I walked past them, yes. Um, and I have to, yeah, and I have to know how to handle their transport appropriately so I do not harm the tarantula. Right. <laughs> Right. Well, I, I do know we were working on stage presence with the tarantula outside of the enclosure yeah. before I left when we yeah. all worked together. How, how is that going? Have you made any progress with that? No, because uh, we had a global pandemic that completely right. shut everything down and we okay. haven't done shows in a year. Okay. Lucky for you. Lucky for you. <laughs> I know. Thanks, coronavirus. <laughs> you know, tarantula so, free. <laughs> So you you got through Moore Park, so congratulations on that. Oh, uh, thank you. Yep, I survived it. Did you get a job at a zoo immediately afterwards? Was that kind of like a oh she worked at Moore Park, she's in? Did, did that help there you? There are a lot of places that that will hire. Like they know when Moore Parkers are getting out in May, and so they'll they'll automatically send like job postings and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I graduated in May. I didn't get my first job until October. So a little tiny of a break but nothing yeah. like years and years and years right yeah so first job was a couple months after graduation okay and what job was that what what animals did you work with i worked with education animals so birds mammals reptiles a whole slew i know you said it took you a couple months to get a job 
I don't know if people realize it until they actually start applying for jobs, like how intensely competitive. It's very competitive. Zookeeper jobs are. You have like literally hundreds of people applying for one it's job. Insane. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, it's insane. It's insane. The big joke in, in my family is I grew up wanting to be an actress and I was like, I was in high school. I was like, you know what? This is never going to happen. It's too competitive. There's no way. Instead, I'm going to get a biology degree. <laughs> uh, joke's on me. You spend a lot more money and you're still in the same predicament. But I did end up getting a, a zookeeper job. <laughs> okay, at least you got your job now. I right? did. But I yeah, did. It, it is. It's hard to get into. You know, I, I think I got very lucky mm-hmm. because it honestly was the first job that I applied for. Technically not the position that I applied for because... I naively thought that I was going to get a manager position, but mm. did not get that. But somebody else ended up quitting, and they got, I know. No, no, you should <laughs> like, shoot for the stars. Shoot for the stars, aim big, uh, balls, know, like, balls in. Well, like I said, naively, because, you know, I I said earlier, sometimes more partners have a really big head when they come out of school. Yes. Clearly, I did, too, because I was like, oh, here I am, a more partner. Obviously, I'm management material. So, you had the education job position. Uh, how many yes. zoos have you worked for? Two. Two zoos. Okay. Um, so, yep, so, two zoos outside of more park, you know, because that obviously isn't a job. Right. I've been at my current job for almost 10 years, which is insane. Wow, that is insane. So I know you said you working with education animals, still. like you're a zookeeper, you're not an educator. You take care of the animals that are used for education. Is that what you wanted to do when you left Moore Park, or did it just kind of, that's how things worked out? No, that's actually how things just, how the cookie crumbled, because I... We had to do shows when we were at Moore Park, um, and I was scared to death, like, hated, hated talking in front of people, and it, I was mortified to do it, but then, out of pure desperation, trying to get a job and move back home, move back out of California, took the education position, and then realized with a lot of practice that it wasn't that bad. Public speaking was okay, especially when it's something that you're passionate about, like, the animals that you're working with yeah so that's one thing we all have in common we all worked with show animals education animals and would you like to share any embarrassing moments while up on stage because i know we all have one of those stories (laughs) yes oh my god probably (laughs) one of the most embarrassing ones so i'm working this is at my first job at my first place um first zoo how about that this is at my first zoo and uh I have a green wing macaw on stage. His name is Malachi. And we are doing his little bit. He's really good with vocals. And we're kind of bantering back and forth. I'm getting him talking like his own. People are just having a ball with it. And I can see he's kind of starting to macaw on me, which obviously macaw keepers will know what I'm talking about. He's starting to lose his mind a little bit. And so I'm trying to redirect him a little bit, but keep on with the show and not lose my cool. And out of nowhere, he reaches. So we're wearing our uniforms, typical button-up zookeeper shirt, you know. And he reaches across and grabs the corner of my shirt and rips it open. And <gasps> there's there it is, right there. Wow. So you exposed <laughs> yourself to the 
entire uh, audience. And then your boobs started spraying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the only thing that I could do was just grab my shirt, button it back up, and I looked at Valentine and I go, hey, Malachi, it's not that kind of show. And luckily they had all <laughs> so. That's perfect. That's really that good. That is really good. I don't know yeah. if people realize when you're working with animals, obviously, like things go off script and you have to be kind oh, yeah. of quick-witted to come up with yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, that is kind of a Yeah, you have to be really good at you know mm-hmm. that's why like you know and i think in like sea world or whatever one of the interview parts of the interview process is improv yeah no i think that should be probably part of the programs at school too would be <laughs> doing that improv as well would help us out but you had good instincts i i know whitney you've had some embarrassing moments up on stage no i haven't I would really love to hear one of Whitney's stories on stage. Which one? Um, I really love when you were talking about the Pikachu. Carly just thinks it's hilarious that one show when I made the inappropriate sexually suggestive comments about the Kinkajou and their amazing agility. No, but Whitney's improv skills are different from yours. Instead of a quick-witted joke, she digs deeper. She just keeps digging. Look. She just keeps going for it. Kinkajous are amazingly agile animals. Yeah. Their feet that rotate, you yeah. know, so the climbing up and down. Yeah. The prehensile tails, even the tongues are right. agile. The tongue. They can mm-hmm. navigate that flower, navigate looking the flower. for the nectar with yep. that agile tongue. And that's how it that's what you teach three-year-olds. And you know what? Every kid in the audience was learning something new, and nice. every mom and dad was laughing internally. I was like, maybe the dads were learning something, too. I'm sure they, you know, <laughs> they needed to learn that. Is that really? Way too oh, out of line that I just They said needed that. to have more agile tongue um, explanation. I'm sure you, you helped out everybody there. The beautiful flower. The beautiful flower. Educational show for the entire family, right? Yes, absolutely. You know, your show combined with hers would have been a big hit. They yes. They, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Macaws so, ripping shirts off, kinkajous with the tongues, and they're getting into that flower with their agile tongues. It would have been a great show. This is why we're marking this podcast as explicit. Yes. This show is not family friendly. No, it's, it's not. It's not family friendly. You had a recent challenge with being pregnant while zookeeping. I yeah. think a lot yeah, of moms, you know, with different jobs, it's, it's a challenge in itself, but it's definitely different from a desk job or, you know, something like that. Being pregnant while outside. Outside. <laughs> Especially, yeah. you know, in the heat or in the extreme cold. And how was that experience like for you? Well, <laughs> it, was, it was an experience. <laughs> Let me just say that. Um, yeah, it's not like I'm never, I'm not going to be, no mom shaming, you know. I, no. I didn't, I'm not going to be one to say that I had it harder than anybody else. Because I was very lucky in my pregnancy to not have horrible morning sickness um really the worst thing about my pregnancy was my ankles were about five times their normal size which which isn't too big of a deal because you have tiny ankles yeah you're tiny yeah Yeah, so (laughs) I mean now you're just rubbing it into all the moms that are sick and have cankles yeah (laughs) my ankles were your size I'm just kidding (laughs) I will edit that no (laughs) all right so Um, so yeah, 
being on your feet 10 hours a day, obviously, was a challenge, especially when I was heavily pregnant. And then, yeah, the, the weather definitely played a factor in that. I, at the end, just kind of lost my patience with uh, being outside and having to work in extreme temperatures. And so I had the plan the whole time that I was pregnant to work until I either went to labor at night or if I went to labor at work, so be it. I would just leave work and go to the hospital. But I had to quit, um, not quit work, but leave on my FMLA a week earlier than my due date because I just couldn't do it anymore. Wow. I had to wave the white flag. But you, you worked up to almost your due date. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So okay. I was nine months pregnant and working, and it was definitely not a walk in the park. I mean, I at one point in time, I remember when I was probably like six, seven months pregnant, I was in cleaning our Indian crested and African crested porcupine enclosures, and it's so hard when you're pregnant. It's so hard when you're pregnant. You don't you don't just kneel down and grab stuff off right. the ground. That's not how that works. So I just found it easier to crawl around on my hands and knees and pick up the poop rather than uh, get down a million times to pick up the poop. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, well, I mean, the, the one benefit, I, I hear that pregnant women can be a little gassy. Is that true? <laughs> right? I, I don't know. I've never been no, pregnant. Animals, of course. But you're you're working around some stinky animals. Limitless. You can just let yeah. it loose all day long. So that had to have exactly. been, you know, a silver lining. Yeah. 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 The silver lining, definitely. The silver lining of my pregnancy was that I could blame the gas on the animals for sure. <laughs> I was also <laughs> not baby. Not, <laughs> yeah. not gas related, but I was gonna say like you're pretty tall. Like we're both pretty tall, and so I would imagine the constant stooping yeah with a yeah. belly <laughs> just crawling yeah. around all day like i could see why it would be yeah. easier because i mean my back hurts and i'm not i mean i'm not pregnant i eat too much bread but like i'm not pregnant mm -hmm. but after i like bend over all day to sleep right. god my back hurts right and you yeah. you're, you're and it, but, yeah and it's just like it's not oh. even your back like yeah your back hurts but like literally physically you can't because right. there's a human and water yeah, in the way, especially you know? with your body, your your swimmer body type. You're tall, you're skinny, so you just were all belly. So I, yeah, I and ankles, and ankles. Apparently, <laughs> it was just all belly and, and ankles. ankles. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I can imagine that bending down, lifting, picking things up would be a major challenge. But I mean, were yeah, you able definitely. to to set the animals down on the belly? <gasps> oh my god, how cute! Like, like yeah, you working I with one of the iguanas and just life. put them on the belly. Right yeah, I did. I mean, <laughs> why not, right? So right. my husband and I didn't do, um, like, maternity pictures. No. So I just took my own little photo shoot at work, and I set a couple of the animals. Um, ferret, yes. honey frog, mouth, the white-winged dove. And then I did, my husband wasn't overly thrilled with this, but I put the eagle on the glove <laughs> and then the rest of the glove on my stomach. <laughs> oh, whatever, well, you're you bonding. Know, you know, it's a protective barrier. It's your first baby, your second baby, right. bonding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I believe they tell you that during That's... pregnancy you can do what you have always done throughout the pregnancy. Yeah. And I was going to say, you know, even if exactly. you have a weight limit, surprisingly, birds don't really weigh that much. Right. And Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she only weighs 10 pounds at the time. Yeah, so. see? Yeah. 
No, I know. I know. My sister was a, a weightlifter, and she was able to do her weightlifting up to about eight months. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They say if you do it before, then you can do it during pregnancy. And, and so. fun fact: if you want to become a zookeeper, you are required to lift at least fifty pounds. Yes. That is a requirement to get the job. You have to lift you even, fifty pounds. And same thing with Moore Park. If you want to go to Moore Park, you have to be able to lift it. And they actually, you have to demonstrate that you can do it. Yes. Yeah, you have to do that for some city positions. Mm -hmm. um, the first place I worked that was a physical was required, including lifting the 50 pounds. And when I uh, rolled my ankle at the place we all worked at together, the physical therapist made me lift 50 pounds before they would clear me. Oh, oh that's interesting. That time that <laughs> fell in the hole. Well, I, I'm glad that I have that ability because now that I have a soon-to-be 16-year-old puppy, uh, I have to lift 50 pounds yeah. every single day, multiple oh, times yeah. a day. <laughs> so she's that perfect 53 pounds. We really pounds. are, like, we're badass. I, yeah, a lot of people don't yeah. get get it. I, even my mom, she's like, why can't you text me back? Because um, I'm working? I'm literally yeah. on top of a mountain right yeah. now with a hose in my hand exactly. and no service. Yeah, um, like, you have to, con it's not just, like, physically it's also really mental yeah. like you have to be paying That's, attention because you could get hurt or you could hurt the animals if you're not paying attention exactly. right and yeah, you do have say the exact same thing. yeah, and yeah you, it's, it's physically and mentally exhausting you know and then you increase you know we're talking about the intelligent animals like the primates and stuff the more intelligent animals you have my god the mental load is just so much more like i i love at work when i'm working with the smaller animals because you can kind of just turn your mind off a little yeah. bit I go, I go work with our parrots and it's just like you're constantly like watching that one because it's hitting the wire at that one but then this one's hitting the wire at you and this one's chewing on its feather over here and so you're just constantly having to pay attention to everything and it's right. mentally exhausting and then we add i know we we talked about how well we didn't want to work with people so we work with animals but that's not really the, the case uh, you definitely no. are, you have to be number one customer service rep all day. And so you could be in oh, yeah. a wolf enclosure and not only are you watching the wolves, but you're, no. you're answering questions from multiple people while you're watching the wolves and cleaning and yeah, or putting on yeah. a show, like or you have to turn it on to do a show for people yeah. while watching the animals yeah. to make sure you don't get bit. <laughs> while watching the animals. You know, you think about like, okay, say for example, when we're working with our ambassador animals, you have one out. Like, I'm responsible, solely responsible for this animal's well-being while I'm holding this animal and presenting it to the public. So right. I'm here spewing every fact about this animal that I know and trying to make it educational and entertaining so people are caring about this animal and therefore caring about animals in general and wanting to conserve. And also, I'm looking out and making sure nobody's getting too close and right. nobody's putting hands near the animal right. and nobody's getting bit. And up behind me and there are no other animals in the area like say a hawk or you know some other raptor that's going to swoop in and dive bomb us and you know it's just there's a lot skills of multitasking we yeah. we're, we're bad at this and the animals <laughs> don't they're not always interested in participating but sometimes it's too and, late and neither are the zookeepers yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like what do you do so 
there, you know, you get all kinds of guests and guest experiences. And, you know, some people are, you know, they shout at you, oh, look at the pooper scooper. Uh, but you yeah. also get a lot yeah. of pleasant or, or funny guest experiences. Exactly. Do you have any that come to mind? I don't really have any, like, specific ones. You know, I get that. I get that. Every single time I have an animal out, the, the go-to question is always, does it bite? Everybody wants to know yeah. if it bites, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. um, but I can't really think of anything, like, super funny, like right. a guest experience. Do you have a clever comeback to any questions? When, oh, whenever anybody, yeah, whenever anybody asks if it bites, I say, well, I can bite you, can't I? Right. So there you go. There you go. Um, Whitney does not like my favorite one, but... Uh, we work with a mountain lion, a.k.a. cougar, and whenever we're in the exhibit, we disappoint multiple guests because the cougar's no longer in there. So when someone goes, oh, look at that mountain lion, my favorite one is, well, I'm not a mountain lion, but I could be a cougar. <laughs> Old men love that she, one. She finds me funny. <laughs> I think it's good. Yeah, see? No. I was going to ask if you don't have your very own sign or anything. Oh, right. From a guest. No. <laughs> Whitney has no, a great no, guest no. experience. It's okay. Whitney, Whitney has a fantastic sign. I know that. Yeah. Whitney got a sign put up due to her guest experience. What was that like, Whitney? I have my very own sign. I'm not going to say where, but it's somewhere. It's fantastic. <laughs> because sometimes you're going to feed some cute little warty pigs and you stumble across a family in a motorized scooter trying to go through a tunnel meant for children. <laughs> and then the motorized scooter gets stuck, and the poor old lady just keeps trying to go forward <laughs> instead of backing up and front wheels off the ground, just, you know, stuck in the, and then in the Russian Common accents, wheelies. yelling at me, do something, do something about this. <laughs> trying so to call security and the old lady's like screaming because she's literally bounced on two wheels and continuing to try to go forward and finally gets out the entire scooter on and just bent backwards 90 degrees and I got a sign the next day. Now there's a sign Fantastic. saying what? <laughs> it's no motorized scooters. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah, I think it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, so because sometimes you need to put in the not so obvious and also the obvious. Please don't do this. Like, don't spray spray gorilla glue in your hair. Don't drink the yeah. bleach and don't take don't a motorized scooter pause. in a tiny tunnel. Meant for children. Meant for children. <laughs> um, I know one of my favorites is. Uh, I I shut down an aviary to clean, and you the people can see you through the mesh. And this family was looking in, and all of a sudden I hear this little girl go, "Oh my gosh, it's it's a zookeeper!" And so I immediately let them in <laughs> because yeah, well, yeah. I just I mean it wasn't oh my gosh look at that bird it was thrilled um, to see a zookeeper. So, you were her superhero. I was a superhero for five minutes, yeah. and you know, it's those little things that kind of get you through your day when you're having maybe a, a not so pleasant day, because it's a oh, hard yeah. it's a hard job. It's a hard job. Um, one yeah, of the it's, it's one of the reasons people who claim to not like uh not like people that sometimes people turn our day around, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they they can they can they can definitely make our make your experience um a little bit brighter. Uh, one thing that's challenging about the job is the shit. 
the literal shit you yes. have to to deal it's with. Fantastic. It's you know it can be a, a shitty shitty situation at times. So in your opinion, what is the worst smelling shit? What is the worst shit to have to clean? Anything that eats fish has the most disgusting shit that I have ever smelled in my entire life. Like just the grossest thing. Anything, anything that eats fish doesn't matter what it is. It's it shit is the worst. It's usually pretty sticky too. Yeah, yeah, because it's got all the oil in it. Ugh, so yeah, gross. you just have to like scrape it off. So, have you ever experienced a situation at work? <laughs> yes, a situation. A situation. So you're talking about like a shitty situation, right? Like, no, like, like have you ever been shit on? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I work with birds, so of course I've been shit on. But the shittiest situation that I've ever had was when I was in Moore Park. Um, when you're there in your second year, you have to do what are called zoo days, where you go to either L.A. Zoo or Santa Barbara Zoo, and you help out, so you're basically getting, like, other zoo experience and kind of what it's like to be out, be a big kid on your own. And uh, I went to the L.A. Zoo, and what's really fun is the zookeepers know when the Moore Parkers are coming, and oddly enough, they save the really, really crappy stuff for the Moore Parkers. That's so mean. <laughs> because we can't say no, so. I feel like that's <laughs> hazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, it basically is. It, because a lot of them are more park rods anyway, so they're like, ha you little asshole. Yeah, um, but would you do the same thing? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I would. <laughs> yeah, you know I would. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so all the all the uh, more park rods that haze me. Thanks, guys. So one of my L.A. Sioux days, the keeper had a pool that was – and the otter holding that mm. needed to be deep cleaned mm -mm. and there was no drain in the pool <gasps> so i had to bail out the shit water that the otters hadn't been in for a while so it had just been sitting there stagnant with their shit in it oh, for the otter shit in the pool our otter doesn't oh, yeah, shit in the yeah, pool it was no. in their, it was in their holding. see she um, does, she's yeah. a good girl she yeah no pool. maybe it's a river otter no. thing or Ooh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember what species they were, but I had to bail the water out because there was no drain in the pool um, before I could flip the, and I didn't have anything with me because I didn't know, I was on like, I can't remember what the string was, but I didn't know there were otters on the string, I didn't know I was going to be doing anything with water, like to that degree, so I didn't have boots with me or anything, so oh, I'm literally God. in the pool with all the otter shit. Bailing it out. I mean, yeah. otter shit is like a special kind of fish because like it's mucusy. It's like it's not formed, but still smells like shit. And like and fish, we, we talked about the sticky and it's grainy. Yeah, the yeah, sticky. and it's greasy. Like okay, mustelid, mustelid shit is gross too. You it's know? true. Like, so mustelid, fish eater, and the mustelid, it's just disgusting. Because yeah. like when yeah. we clean our otter, not the holding pool, that's not that hard. But the like big pool, it's literally like eight people because yeah. it's so disgusting to get all the muck and stuff out of there yeah it's yeah. pretty mucky and our, it has a drain and a filter and it mm -hmm. still is that disgusting yeah crazy clogs have to drain and a filter yeah. i why didn't it have a drain <laughs> yeah that's that's 
ridiculous. I'm I blame maintenance. Up. I feel like I feel like we're all used to like a poorly placed drain or one that doesn't oh, work no. very well. Right, um, but not like a complete lack lack of drain. <laughs> That's some press. Oh, uh, that is a situation. That is a fun situation. In it is a situation. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know how we uh, segue out of that one. <laughs> How do you segue out of the shit? Or, as my favorite, one of my favorite podcasts says, how do you segu? Segu? Yeah, they didn't didn't know how segue was spelled. Oh, So they (laughs) said segu. Okay. Uh, Let's segu um, to what animals... Are you still just um, immensely in love with vultures? Have you branched out to anything else that you're just like, no, this one's my favorite today, or... Um, no, I, I will always love vultures. I will always love vultures. Ooh, I will always love vultures. You have a judgmental pit bull beside yeah. you. <laughs> it's okay. He likes he my singing. Like no, there, you yeah, know what? No, if we might as well start now. There will be singing in this podcast. It is a go-to. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, um, the three of us have been known to uh, come up with special songs for all of our animals we have songs and you know there is a vulture song now i don't know if i've shared it with you but um definitely Uh -uh. going to to do that for sure you'd appreciate the song not right now um we'll get there (laughs) maybe maybe we'll sing it together um and record that for the podcast wouldn't that be delightful i think that's fantastic yeah a duet you'll 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 love it no no whitney's gonna have to sing too Oh, <laughs> we did do that rap together, uh, and that was on film. That was a great rap. Uh, three white girls rapping uh, with a beautiful bird is just. I don't know bird. how that didn't go viral, really. Thank God it yeah. didn't. Because because we shared it in a private group. Well, right. That's why. <laughs> Probably best. That's best for everyone. With our boss in the background helping us, but refusing to be in the video in case we got in trouble. <laughs> So, uh, how long have you now been working with animals? Oh, well, so are we, are we counting the, are we counting the vet assistant job? Yeah, with yeah. animals. Well, were you working with animals? Yeah. Okay, that counts. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sassy frasses. Okay. Yeah. Sassy frown and sassy frass coming in hot. Yeah. <laughs> what's, um, what's Whitney's favorite spice? Right sassy frown. <laughs> what's her favorite plant? Sassy frass. That should have been our code name. Oh, right. Sassy frog and sassy frass. Damn it. Um, no, and then I could be sarsaparilla. Oh, yes. my God. Okay, changing, editing, all of that. It's going to say sarsaparilla. The triple S's. <laughs> better than triple X's? Um, <laughs> Nothing's better triple than triple X's. X's. <laughs> Anywho, how long? <laughs> years what have the animals taught you oh well i think the better question is what haven't they taught me right i mean like everything they they're they're everything they they've taught me they made me a better person yeah yeah (laughs) that's that's i'm not trying to get like i don't want to get too emotional about it but cry cry for the content (laughs) <laughs> no, I just don't <laughs> but yeah no, they, they're just 
they're incredible and I I mean you name it and they've taught it to me they've taught me patience and strength and wisdom and all the good things all the good things so if you weren't able to get your dream job what would you be doing now probably a something in forensics so it'd be dead people you know what (laughs) that is so funny you say that because so me too no actually same yeah when i true crime is like my passion and uh uh, that's podcasts that i listen to a lot of the true crime same Uh, to a lot of justice network yeah i I really i could definitely work with the dead people i've always thought it would be fun to be a wedding planner too but i'm not nice enough that's a lot different than murder (laughs) i mean is it no i guess it's not in the long run before the murder (laughs) But yeah, no, I I can watch true crime all day, and um, it surprisingly does not affect my sleep. But you know, shout out to my favorite murder podcast. Have you have you listened to that one? Because you should. No, no, it's a good one. To that one episode, I'm getting through the one I'm listening to right now, and then I'll start on that one. But I used to want to be a pathologist before I wanted to be a zookeeper, again, because of the dead people. Really? Mine was forensic psychology. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's a correlation, animals or dead humans. (laughs) Well, I I wanted to talk to murderers. I think it all leads back to, like, we say that we don't like people, so our choice is animals or dead people who can't talk to us, right? (laughs) See, mine wouldn't be dead people necessarily. Like, I want to talk to the serial killers and get in their brains. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I find that too but i really like i really like like the crime scene investigation mm. you know like i want to yeah. see blood spatter blood spatter's cool and figure out like the person who stabbed 50 times mm-hmm. at, with a right-handed yeah, person you right. know like like the dexter shit yeah yeah i was gonna say also um oh i forgot never mind also <laughs> i forgot that's <laughs> fascinating whitney crap i wow. just distracted Oh my god, what was I gonna say? Uh, you know what? No one knows. I'll remember in five minutes. I'm sure and it will have yeah, nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> we'll be about. talking about something um, else. Oh, I remembered! Okay, go ahead. Can you hear me? Yeah, I remembered. Okay, go ahead. Well, I also for a little while was like thought about going into nursing because they make Ooh. good money. Only because they make good money. And I specifically wanted to be a surgical nurse because the people would be unconscious. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. I'm sure that we're all the same way in this. Not all poop, but I will pick up some animal poop just barehanded. Yeah, Whitney's all about the barehanded. Yeah, Yeah. it's fine. Not otter poop, but no, but like (laughs) rabbit, deer, javelina, like totally fine. Hoofstock poop is not gross, and I'm fine with animals being naked. Yeah, yeah, but I don't. I wouldn't want to clean up human. No, that's human feces, urine. I clean up my baby's poop, and that's it. That's only. That's only. I'm cleaning up with yeah. my babies. Yeah. Right. And it is different. And even vomit of animals. I know Whitney doesn't oh, agree mm-hmm. that. Like, I rather clean up animal vomit than people vomit. Well, I don't, I wouldn't rather and, clean up people vomit. I'd rather clean up no vomit. Well, you, right. But yeah, I, no you know, I've actually had experience of helping Whitney clean up her vomit. So, 
And yeah. then Kim Where's that? vomited. Did that in... happen to be on your wedding night? Yeah, 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 but then you vomited the next morning. Right. In the fries <laughs> bag. <laughs> While I was driving. Well, yeah. We had a good time. But I can tell you, hands on, I would rather clean up the animal vomit instead of Whitney's vomit. It's probably less <laughs> vomit. You know, you yeah. got a lot of it in the toilet. Um, whoop, whoop. Whoop, good, good job. Yeah, your, wedding, My... your wedding induced a lot of vomiting for a lot of humans, it's, now that I think about it. But not I had me. another coworker vomited on another co-worker so it was a good oh time. that's right oh my god the yeah. other vomit situation in the car yep. i don't even know about you don't that know. it's it's a guy that and a girl that were carpooling that were carpooling and she together. drove him home did she have a cute cupcake dress that i flipped up mm-hmm. and showed everyone her butt yes. yeah he was yep. vomiting out the window i believe is that what it was and it flew back onto her yeah <gasps> Yeah. Oh, it's the same. So I guess mine wasn't that bad. My favorite part of my vomit story with Whitney was she was wearing this beautiful wedding dress with the little eyelets all down the back. There was a million of them. And she's screaming at me, get it off. Get it off. Get it off. I'm going to (laughs) vomit. I'm getting these little eyelets off. And you know what? that's why we're still friends because we could get through Fantastic. that situation because you didn't let yeah. me vomit on the dress you know i didn't let you vomit on the dress and um yeah and after that is when my mom sent the photographer home she yeah. literally said you can leave early she's not gonna want to remember this <laughs> and you did it oh wait you did <laughs> we don't need memories of this oh, oh my god okay good time another sagu another sagu <laughs> yeah I love Sagu. Do you want to talk about some training experiences? Because that's a big component of the job that not a lot of people think about. Uh, Why is training so important? What kind of training behaviors have you done? (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot. (laughs) I mean, I think, okay, so as zookeepers are listening to this, we all know why training is important. You know, I mean, there's just a wide variety of reasons why it's important for husbandry purposes for your shows you know you name it it's you can the sky is the limit with training that's that's how I like to think of it and you can always train something helpful with your animals to help out in their care what what Um, training behavior was just most significant for you like above it all yeah like what was your first big not even big. I mean, sometimes just like big accomplishment yeah. that here you have an animal that's difficult or it's a challenge, and and you you did it. I, the one thing that working with you uh, was so special for me was you had such confidence when it came to training. And you're a good trainer. You're a good trainer. Like oh, I knew that you know, the boss man would be like, hey, we want this, this, and this to happen with this animal. And, you know, if it was given to someone else, it'd be like, that's not going to happen. But if he picked you to do it, it was like, it's going to get done. And it's going to get done well. And I can't wait to see it. Because it's going to be pass-offable. Like, other people will be able to learn it. Yeah, your your confidence level on the job is just above anything. It's it's amazing. Are you making John listen to this? (laughs) Is that what that was? Yeah, but you're trained. You're trained. You're good at your job, um, but but your training is fantastic. So, and hard oh, animals. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, what was your first breakthrough? What was your first like? I don't know if I can do this, and then it happened, and you're like, "Fuck yeah, I'm the best. <laughs> I'm badass." Oh, man. I don't know. There's like so many challenges with a 
lot of your training projects, you know, that you're just, that, like, they're unforeseen, that you have no idea. But I think probably the one, I'll just think back to recent, you know, I won't, like, dig back into the files and, like, war park days or anything. But one of the recent ones was um, with our <clears throat> eagle, and she hasn't ever been trained a, basically, anything off the glove. And I was responsible for training her to do an A to B behavior. Um, Which is going from one or, spot to another spot. Yep, A yeah. to B, yep. So for those of you, and then actually we did multiple A to Bs. So it was basically from my glove to one spot to another spot to another spot and then back to my glove. Mm-hmm. And she, I didn't know if it was going to be possible because she's a big giant chicken. And she was challenging to work with because she is scared of her own shadow. She doesn't like to be out in the open. She has to have something above her. She doesn't like cloudy days. She has all these little weird quirks that I had to work around, but with persistence, it paid off, and I actually did manage to get the behavior trained, and the first time that she did it on our stage, I cried. (laughs) And I mean, that's an eagle that's been in the department for many, many years, Mm -hmm. and you know, just because we worked together, like, we were like little little partners on taking her out and about and stuff, like, that was an animal that had a lot of trainers, and a lot of people try things, and I mean, that's the first thing I've heard of that she did other than step up on the glove. Right, and that brings it back to confidence, too, because there were some people that worked with her that just weren't confident. There was some fear involved, and and you just went in at full force without any of that and and were successful. Thanks, guys. Yay! Yay. (laughs) I will say training is definitely the, the, like, hands-down, without-question favorite part of the job for That's me. what I was I just going to ask, yeah. I love training. I love, I, it is, I know some people, it's kind of like, oh, I'd rather do the husbandry, or I'd rather do the presentations, mm-hmm. but training is my bread and butter. I love it. I, I find it fascinating. I love to watch other people train and get, you know, because there's more than one way to train any given behavior and I love to see how people's minds work and how they get from point A to point B and get get it accomplished. And it's a really good way to like build the trust, build the relationship with an animal by just working with them consistently and spending time and positive reinforcement, right? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Sorry, my husband is like, Are you alive? Yeah. But uh, we know you have a baby. You gotta, we gotta wrap this up. Um, but I want to thank you so much yeah. for coming on our first podcast. Thanks. Dan. And uh, talking about your your life as a zookeeper. And then hopefully we'll yeah. be hearing more from you, talking all about vultures for next. Oh yeah, time. definitely. Um, well, that'll be a four-hour-long podcast. Yes, yes. So. <laughs> no, that'll be... <laughs> I'll wear my vulture shirt next time. And uh, I'll send you the lyrics to the song so we can kind of open it with a musical number. Yeah. Yeah. I it's, think that's only appropriate. It's to the tune of Wayward Son. Okay. Is that good? Carry on, my yeah. Wayward Son? Yeah. yeah. So I'll send okay. you the lyrics. We'll do some practice, and, and we'll definitely open up the, the mini episode okay. with a, a song. And I can't wait for the bunny episode. Oh, the bunny episode. Yeah. So we can hop, hop, hop. Yeah, that's how we deal with the stress, creating songs, yeah. silly songs. and yeah. That, that, that's, that's what we do. That's how yeah. we've always done it. Performers. 
<laughs> well, uh, Kim, you're beautiful. We love you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kim. Timothy, love thank you. Guys. you. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye, Sasparilla. Bye, Bye Sassy. <laughs>